We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, part two of the wide receiver player-by-player profiles. We're talking about ADP, where we would have them in our rankings. We don't have the official rankings, at least I don't, released yet. But my guests do. We'll get to them in a second. Before we do that, smash the like button for the episode. And in the comment section, tell me which player right now from ADP, let's say 12 to 24, you think should be going inside the top 10 this season in 2020 fantasy football drafts. Also, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast and leave a five-star review while you're at. It takes like 10 seconds. It's the currency of the show. Helps us out a ton. Chris Meany is still in studio with me, as he was for part one. You want to find part one and all the running back profiles, you hit the description of this show and you can do it. Yes. You excited to talk more receivers? I am, yeah. As we talked in part one, just briefly, it's so deep this year. It really is. Like, there's a lot of stud wide receivers in this range that I wouldn't be shocked, you know, once we get into late teens, early 20s, I wouldn't be shocked if they were top 15 finishers. Well, let's get to one guy, ADP number 12. I think this is who Jake has inside his top five this year, going at pick number 36. We're top five at receiver, mind you, not top five overall. Mm. Allen Robinson, is that the guy, Jake? <laughs> Yeah, that is the guy. <laughs> I have him at number five, one spot in front of DeAndre Hopkins. Explain yourself. Yeah, you got to make the. I, <laughs> I I get the case for it, but like, are you anticipating that it's Foles, not Trubisky, or does that matter to you? Uh, it does matter. A hundred percent, I'm expecting it. And then, even if it was Trubisky for half the season, that still means we get Foles for half the season. Like, we're just talking. It's the target share. It's the fact that Allen Robinson was like nine or ten last year, and nine or ten playing with Trubisky's miserable season. So, even if we get a slightly better version of Trubisky, even if we get Nick Foles, which we should hopefully get for the entire season, it's just we're talking about a target share volume that top five wide receivers, the guys that we're talking about before would be enviable of some of them don't even get. And that's what, like, I actually think Anthony Miller is going to break out this season. We saw signs of it late last year, but at the same time, 
so what? It's Anthony Miller. What else is on this roster? Like, forget what about the tight. Okay, Jimmy Graham, we're going to still do this game. What? Cole Komet? Like, Taylor, I, I mean, the wide receiver depth chart in the passing game, you worry about Tariq Cohen in the backfield for a little bit, but he's no more than we go back to the part one that we did with Zeke's concerns for Amari Cooper. I just don't see why people don't like Allen Robinson, who, by the way, I tweeted out earlier this week, Pat. I think Chris is my, my that's why you probably guessed Allen Robinson thing. He's only one year younger than Calvin Ridley. And look at what he's done. And people are like, oh, give me Calvin Ridley. How about the guy who's already done it with the shittiest, I just cursed on your show, Pat, quarterback <laughs> selection for anybody's starting career? Uh, his yeah. 27% target share last season trailed only Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins amongst receivers there you uh, go i get it i i i am better with the adp 12 than the adp year the ranking of five but we talked about beckham to kick off the end of last show like i'd rather have alan robinson than odell beckham for yeah, sure and cooper too. cup for that matter yeah and amari cooper yeah um, and maybe even mike evans because of the because of the safety and the, he probably doesn't have the same ceiling but jake's right i mean top 10 in terms of any kind of setting Standard half point PPR targets top ten. He's he's the guy there, and I don't think it matters who the quarterback is because he just had that type of season with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he ended up as what wide receiver three with Blake Bortles as his exactly, quarterback. Yeah, one year? And that season he had what like six, 14, 16 touchdowns. So yeah, he's to Jake's point, he's had just awful quarterbacks throwing him the football. So I think it would be a plus, and I do think it's going to be Nick Foles. You don't make you know you don't acquire Nick Foles and take on that contract. To just no, to have no, him no, sit no, behind no, no. Trubisky. No, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with that. Think about all the people that are on on the coaching staff with Foles. Sure. His Here, former Chris, offensive coordinator, his former coach, his former all I'm saying is they, assistant coach. I, I think they want to like they're running it like the is Trubisky done? They didn't pick up the fifth year option on him, right? No. So this is kind of it for him. They need to see what they have with their former very high draft pick that I think they're going to give him the best opportunity to, I think it's going to be a competition, yeah. but they're going to lean Trubisky. If he shows anything, I think they'll go with him week one. If he's just piss poor, then it's going to be Nick Foles. Okay. So it'll be full. Right. By so, week to, four. so here's what you should, Chris here. I'll give you this. Is, you should have said this instead for Pat. When you have the option to go to a capable quarterback, you don't start Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. Not, listen, I think theoretically that's a very good idea. I just don't know that in practice that we're going to see that right away. Yeah, and it, and it and again, it doesn't matter because he just had this season where he was a top, he was a wide receiver one. He was the main part of the offense under Trubisky and as bad as he was. I mean, do we expect, I mean, Jake said like with the depth chart that he expects a similar market share of targets, but like 27 is mm -hmm. hard to repeat. Like if let's say we drop that down to 23%, which is still really good. Yeah. Like what do we lose then Jake? Do you think? Uh, well, now you're probably talking, he probably deserves to be around the 10, 11, 12 range, but I don't know. What was it two years ago? I, mean, I didn't have that handy to pull it off. So I, I have to think it was pretty similar. Well, I, I guess it's sort of the opposite argument of Beckham then. So where you're still buying Beckham at the point where you think that he is going to oh, he got hurt. basically finish right, go ahead. at number 11, mm -hmm. that Robinson has upward mobility from where he's currently being drafted. And his floor, I wouldn't say his floor is number 12. His floor is probably like getting hurt and being terrible. Sure. But with all things being equal, projecting everyone plays 16 games in the same offense that they're in right now is that... Allen Robinson is far more likely to be the number 12 receiver than Beckham is to be number 11. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if Robinson has the juice in this offense to get up to like top three. 
where Probably Beckham not. has like a 2% outcome where that's the case, but you're not playing the 2% outcome. Right. So why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, you look at these top teams, I mean, apart from Green Bay, and they're a good football team, but I like eh, Arizona, okay Saints, KC, Atlanta, like these teams are going to score points. Tampa, they're going to score points. Right. Um, where Chicago is probably middle of the pack as a team that's averaging maybe 20 and points. And here's the they thing. get their run game going. For the projection wise, I, I think we all would agree. I, I'll even say it myself about my projections. That might be a ceiling at number five. I mean, that could arguably yeah. be that. But for how the projections broke down, I 99 receptions. That's barely more than last year. The biggest difference that I have for 7.6 touchdowns, he had seven last year. The biggest difference is I have more air yards and more yards per reception for him. So even if he replicates last year but doesn't improve there, then my ranking is going to be too high to begin with. DJ Moore is a wide receiver, number 13, being drafted at pick number 37. Teddy B, the new QB in Carolina. They signed Robbie Anderson. Of course, Curtis Samuel is still lingering around. Are Mm -hmm. are people still really fired up for Ian Thomas, Jake? (laughs) They are, but apparently not like they are fired up for DJ Moore when you don't put him inside your top 20. Ooh. You don't have him inside your top 20? I, DJ Moore's like the best keeper that I have on my keeper team. Like he's, I think that he meshes really well with what Bridgewater wants to do. Like it, DJ Moore didn't make his bones by catching 50. Like he's not going to lead the league in air yards, put no. it that way. No, he's but not. he's a no. very easy. He's, he's not going to lead in touchdowns either. And it, look, All right, here's everything. Like again, let me reference, reference it on the first show. I'll say it again. One more touchdown for DJ Moore would jump him probably about from where I'm at 23 to probably about 15 i'm looking at that's that's how slim this gap is for this group if you want to take them here that's fine i'm not doing it because there's a lot of factors here teddy bridgewater yards per attempt air yards yards per set like whatever number you want to throw out there is down by the bottom of the league and it actually declined over his career when he threw for the saints last year so whatever might be okay fine he only you didn't have wide receivers outside of michael thomas okay throw all that out Teddy Bridgewater for his entire career has never shown something to be that definitively better than what the Carolina passing game was last year. Kyle Allen, for everybody that wants to hate on him, wasn't as bad for the receivers as people want to make it out to be. I do think Teddy is an upgrade. I just don't think it's an upgrade of the fact of like they brought in Jameis Winston, who's just going to fling it all over the place. You have Christian McCaffrey, who comes first. They signed Robbie Anderson. You still have Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore doesn't score touchdowns. Like, I just don't see why people want to put him in the wide receiver one conversation. And this is just outside of it. I'd say wide receiver one because I see some people taking him at 10, 11, 12. And everybody screamed their heads off when I had him at 23, 24. So we make the case sort of against Amari Cooper, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham as being wildly inconsistent players. DJ Moore is the reverse of that. So last season with between... Cam for the very yeah. first little bit and Kyle Allen. We have DJ Moore 10 games with at least six catches, despite the fact that he had wonky quarterback play. The only players who had more games of six plus catches were Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, and DeAndre Hopkins. I think there's a consistency argument like you. Sure. And, and now it's tough because if you're drafting him as your wide receiver one, yeah. you don't want the high floor, low ceiling guy. Right. That's not who you want as a wide receiver one. However, if you can get him at wide receiver two, he's going 13th right now. Like you get him around there, maybe at like 16th if he drops a little bit. I think he is a perfect wide receiver two for your team because what if he just has a connection with Teddy all of a sudden? He scores like 
eight touchdowns and he is a wide receiver one yeah that that is possible i i do agree that his maybe his touchdown upside is definitely not as high as you know to to put him in that wide receiver one combo i definitely wouldn't feel comfortable with him as my wide receiver one but i see what you're saying there is some safety there he's clearly outside of cmc the best option there like i think robbie anderson is going to struggle to catch passes from teddy bridgewater as opposed to dj moore and listen this is going to be a bad football team they're yeah. going to have to throw the football. I think that there's going to be plenty of games where DJ Moore gets double-digit targets. I and think that's fine. And I actually have Teddy Bridgewater for, let me double-check, I'm um, for 550 attempts. I mean, if this swings wildly and it's 600 attempts, that's going to boost everybody, including DJ Moore. It's just the number of teams uh, who push Josh ADHD, who uh, a lot of people out there, he makes a lot of fun tables, especially for the Scott Fishbowl. He actually asked the question when I was tweeting about it. He's like, do you know how many teams per year have averaged 600 attempts by their quarterbacks? And the average is about seven. So my question is, is Carolina one of the seven? You know, that it's not like it's, it's a lot more than it ever used to be, but I like, let's go through the list and we could probably name teams and we could probably name at least 10 that we would think would do it before the Panthers did. Sure. Uh, I agree with you, but I kind of agree with Chris too. Like the defense is going to be bad. They're in a vision with other high scoring offenses. Yeah. That's just going to force them See, to take to the air as much as possible. And they have the perfect person that they can pass to it. It's really, I think the bad defense have to pass more is really the case of why McCaffrey, you should take over Barkley at number one. See, and I, but I, I'm going to look, I'm not going full Chris Harris on you guys. I just, I hate that bad defense argument too much. It is a factor, but I think people get a little too hung. I'm not saying you guys are, but we've seen defenses surprise year after year after year, not just from a fancy standpoint where two of the defenses outside the top 15 ended up being top five defense. I'm just saying year in and year out, Chris knows this because I've brought it up on the show when he and I do shows together a lot. I talk about the saints one year went from being one of the best to one of the worst, just eight games and eight games flipped in the middle of the season. It was the same season. The giants went the opposite direction and was all of a sudden in the top five. You wanted to stay away from him defense. So, I, I understand that, but I don't want people to just get caught up in that. Be like, oh, look, at they have no talent on the wide receiver. They're going to be running 45 plays on offense a game because of it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I and, and that's not the reason I like DJ. But no, that's to, a bonus. I that feel like that's a bonus. Something that should but be they were already up. number one in pace of play last year. Yeah, I, they were yeah. already number one. So, for, like, for sure. They're going to so be that's a team my that point plays like, the over a lot. They really are. I mean, they, right. yeah, the defense is an issue. I mean, I think they were the first team – in a long time to only draft defensive players. Um, clearly that is maybe, maybe they all hit and their defense is the best in the league. <laughs> maybe, I don't yeah, know. Maybe it is. It's possible. Um, but they, I think when we think about Teddy Bridgewater, we see a guy who's conservative. We see a guy who maybe what Carolina's focus or game plan would be. Okay. We want you to t- 20 to 25 passes. Now, now there's an argument against that too, though. Like, is Teddy Bridgewater a conservative quarterback based on what we saw last year, or is that what he just had to do for the Saints in in order to win? Like, you didn't have to ask Teddy to do too much. They won, what, all of the games but one when he started? Yeah, but even when it's the beginning of his career, his first two seasons were meh. Like, he actually threw more and same amount of touchdowns in his second season. He hasn't shown to be a really aggressive big game play. Now, I will say the one the one thing you guys didn't throw out, I'll throw out a positive, is I think a lot of people are forgetting Joe Brady, who made the LSU offense what it was. Yeah. And for like the longest time, that offense used to not throw to a running back, not to be explosive as it was. He's now with the Panthers. So he's at, brought in as the offensive coordinator with this new Matt Rule and everything like that. If you want to throw out a positive against me, I would even say like, 
he might come in and do what he did with LSU with the Panthers. And maybe he does throw 600 times this year. And they seem to love Teddy a lot more than I do. Yeah, I thought they were all about Teddy. I thought it was an interesting signing. So the next guy, number 14, I can't see him finishing as wide receiver 14, but it's A.J. Brown. And I don't mean that as he's, no, there's no way he could finish 14. He could finish like three. Yeah. But it could also just go back. How much do you believe in the last six weeks of the season, Jake? Mm, Not to the degree it was last year. So let's say, let's say 75, 80%. Like as in, I kind of used a good barometer for the entire year of AJ Brown. I'll give you 70 receptions on the year, but the, but the thing that helps AJ Brown, you're talking about huge numbers per reception. I mean, we're kind of talking back to like, you know, some of the better receivers that like uh, Amari Cooper kind of like that type of thing. So where he landed for me was actually at 11. That's also a 7.6 touchdowns. With Tannehill isn't what he was, if Tannehill isn't as efficient, because that's the biggest thing, too, that we complain about Tannehill last year is what happens when he doesn't throw two or three touchdowns because he's only attempting 17 passes. So if Tannehill doesn't see more attempts and actually loses his efficiency, which is a definite concern, you know, maybe A.J. Browns puts up those receiving numbers with only four touchdowns. And now with only four touchdowns, he's down at wide receiver 23, 4, 5. He finished top seven at receiver for the week for the final six weeks of the season. And over the course of the entire 16 games, he finished only behind Michael Thomas in yards per route run. So the upside for him and you have the entire argument is who is taking away the target share from A.J. Brown at this point? No, but those are some of those games. He only had three (laughs) catches. Like there was a game. I think he had four targets, three catches, and he finishes as a top three wide receiver for the week it's just it's that upside i'd be shocked if he got to 70 plus catches to be honest i I, he's he's a bit of a fade for me in this in this range i I actually don't point i actually don't know what to make of him like i'm very intrigued cc very intrigued but (laughs) i don't think the uh, titans are going to surprise like teams are going to be ready for that play action this year it's it's not going to be like last it's quite possible yeah uh for my top 24 wide receivers he's got the lowest reception amount yeah I mean, it makes sense. We were talking about Deshaun Jackson earlier. It's it's very Deshaun Jackson. Like, how many wide receivers have you seen over the years with 50 grabs and 1,000 yards? I mean, it, doesn't, it does not happen very often. Uh, next guy on the list with the presumably returning Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, Juju. Your big fade from Chris's last boy. year. That, that really worked out. <laughs> that, that did work out. Um, 15th, 41 ADP. So I like this range a lot more. Um, you know, 15 is, is a guy to be your wide receiver too, as last year he was going in that five to eight range. And I just, my question was, you know, Antonio Brown is gone. Can he handle that top coverage? And Big Ben's a little bit older. And now Big Ben is a little bit older than last year. And he hasn't played for a full year. So I still have some question marks with the offense, but I can get behind this price. Like, I like it. I think it's fair. I, I think Johnson can take another step forward. I think there's a weapon there. Last year it was just Moncrief and Washington and a couple questions. Moncrief, right? I remember drafting that loser. It's like, hey, you know, Moncrief's going to be fine. You know, he'll he'll get some top corners and Juju will be great. But uh, yeah, I was down on him last year and I'm in on him this year. I like the price. It's more than double where he was going. So last year he was wide receiver six, pick number 15. This year he's wide receiver number 15, pick number 41. So yeah, there there's a lot less risk having him as Plus like he was your, hurt last your mid-year too. and the quarterback was hurt. Like yeah. it, it was just a terrible situation all around. Jake, do you think he can rebound? 
I definitely think it can. I think you still have the questions that Chris brought up last year and the fact that Kenny handled the number one attention every single week, week in and week out. But Deontay Johnson was showing signs of improvement as a rookie last year. James Washington, I still don't think is dead. They drafted Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. You know, they have tight end options. You know, if James Conner stays healthy, is a better pass catcher than some people realize. Uh, so there's a plenty of options on this team. And I throw all that out to that. I'm not making the argument there's only one ball to go around. I'm making the argument that you brought up before with like the DeAndre Hopkins and everything like that is that, you know, maybe he doesn't see double coverage all the time because they can't because they, you know, if they do that, they're going to get killed five different other ways. So there's certainly a concern, especially because he's kind of in that big slot mold. He's kind of like, if you want the best case scenario, he's Michael Thomas. I don't think he ever gets to that level, but that's what you have to think of. If they force him outside too much, there's the question about Ben Roethlisberger. I think this is a fair spot and kind of where he should have been last year for a fair risk of assessment, honestly. Yeah, I like the addition of Claypool, too. They just have more options now, more weapons. Do we, did you see him doing all the backflips, Chris? Oh, yeah. I, it's like the Jermichael Finley catching two balls <laughs> at the same time. Like, oh, increase his stock. But, like, do we just worry that Ben is absolutely washed? Yes, I worry about that. That was my no. one of my big concerns last year. I know the last time we saw him over the full season, what did he throw, Jake, 5,000 yards? He was, he was, a, he yep. was a beast. He was 5, awesome. But he is... <laughs> He's on another year. We haven't seen him play. He was hurt all year. Now. He looks like he might legitimately weigh a thousand pounds. Yes. Two ton Ben. I, I'm actually worried that the beard sapped his power when he shaved it off. <laughs> uh, I have him for four, I have him for 4,400 yards and 32 touchdowns. I think it's a very fair Ben number. I think yeah. that if you want to gamble that Ben is not, let's say Ben Ben, but he's 90 percent Ben Roethlisberger that you have in your head. It's a win. Everyone on the Steelers, including the Steelers' win total, their Super Bowl odds are wildly undervalued. Yeah, they were what? Oh, so just, just go scoring. all in in Vegas? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were 500 team last year scoring 12 points a game. Yeah, like the their defense is sneaky very good. Oh, it's very good. I think it's a top five defense in the league. And they got nothing from Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges. And, and then the hell Connor got hurt for See, a while. I, like, he, can I go back to... There, there's a massive discount on all these Steelers. Yes. I want to go back to that real quick. And again, I'm not trying to come after you guys, but you just said top five defense. Nobody ever does that. Nobody ever goes, well, they have a top five defense, so they're not going to be passing that much. Like, no, it's everybody always wants to make the argument for the terrible defense, but nobody ever brings up a good defense is going to potentially hurt the offense. No, but I, I, I completely agree with you with that. And I think that their pace probably isn't going to be super fast either. They're going to try to run the ball as much as possible, presumably, Mm -hmm. especially with Connor on the last year of his deal, run him into the ground. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. You just go to the next guy down the line. But with the actual, that's that's how you do it. That's how teams are approaching this. But if with Ben, I mean, a lot of his stats come when Antonio Brown is still there. And if we just look at it right now, we can can talk about all of the other options that they have. Like, oh, yeah, Washington's going to be a super breakout player. Deontay Johnson's like the guy you got to draft. Like, Mm -hmm. if you just go and look at it, Juju Juju Smith-Schuster has 224 career targets from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, if you look down the line, I know a lot of this has to do with last year and him not playing. Washington, Johnson, and Switzer have a combined 103. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's it's the volume. Clear, that's man. what gets you so excited. It could be uh, yeah. a Allen Robinson-like volume. Yes. So, uh, so, so, then, on the so, so, so then I'm not super concerned that if they have a good defense playing ahead, that if Juju is going to demand this sort of market share, it's the other guys that I would more worry about as opposed to Juju. Right. Correct. Well, then to go back to not overrating one stat too much, do you guys know what number the the two worst pace of play teams were? The two slowest teams were last year. Uh, I think the Colts were in around there. No, Colts and no, Jets. They're actually middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. Nope. Nope. 
They're probably I'm, de- I'm debunking and putting too much faith into one stat. Well, the no, Saints I, I, and the Ravens. I, yeah, I was gonna say it's probably it's probably uh, a yeah. team that's very good and runs a lot. Niners Saints and Ravens. and Ravens were number one and number two and slowest per game, and we don't care about their offenses. I, I, I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah. all I'm saying is these things matter as a small piece. It is something to factor in, but don't ever just fall a trap of holding on to one stat. Like, the David Montgomery broken tackles from college. We saw how that worked out. No, but <laughs> I, I think that the Ravens thing actually does make a lot of sense because realistically, besides Lamar who and, I guess, Mark Andrews, like, who are you super excited about on drafting on the Ravens Marquise as a fantasy Brown. player? Maybe, Mark, I, but Marquise Brown I, I, is like the worst version of like these like up or down guys that we've talked about. No, he could be Deshaun Jackson in his prime this year. But the good news is you're getting him what in the 30s and 40s. That's the good. This you don't have to pay a, a premium price like you did with Juju Smith-Schuster. And with the Saints, like there are three viable options that you can draft off their team. You draft Michael Thomas. You can draft Kamara. Yeah. And then Drew Brees, maybe you go with Drew Brees. That's basically it, isn't it? Like, are and, people. Yeah, don't say his name. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> we're not drafting a tight end. <laughs> well, we might draft a rookie tight end. Yeah, we might draft Who a knows? rookie tight end before. There you go. Yeah. Or Latavius. <laughs> so, number 16, this one is like a league winner or the guy that, like, just does absolutely. I, I doubt he'll do absolutely nothing, but I just. It feels like a weird spot for him because he should be higher at this point, and yeah. he's not, and I don't know Look why. Look at the range of outcomes with him. Over yeah, the far so right. the 16th receiver off the board, number 47 overall is Adam Thielen. Gone as high as 19th mm. overall, as low as 76th That's wild. overall. No digs. Oof. Dalvin Cook, as we speak right now, currently in the midst of holding out. Yeah. Uh, I don't really, Doesn't really have any leverage. Put it this way. It, until he's holding out a month from now, yeah. then I'll be concerned about it. Right now, I'm not doing drafts right now, so it's, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but he should be, in, like, I, all things being equal, like, he should outscore Allen Robinson this year, shouldn't he? Uh, mm, he's close. I, I Do you want to? Yeah, I, I don't know about Robinson. Just jump in here, Jake. Like, ahead of A.J. Brown, ahead of D.J. Moore, yes. ahead of Beckham for me. Yes. This, this is yeah. somebody that I think um, he's the clear number one on his team. I know they want to run the football, and you got Jefferson on the other side who's just a rookie who's probably going to be, you know, quote-unquote behind the eight ball right away. It's just Thielen is going to be the guy. I, I just I just see him as somebody who cons- is consistently going to get about 10 targets a game, and I think where he's going here is an absolute, absolute steal. The fact that I see 76 in here, that he could potentially – you could potentially get him in the sixth round. I assume that had to have been, like, before Diggs got traded, that number is coming from. I just don't get that number. Yeah. I mean, who, who is waiting that long to take Adam Thielen? I mean, Steelings, this, this well, is a great price. To your point, Chris, two years ago, when he averaged nine and a half reception or targets per game, he finished his wide receiver seven, six in some leagues. So, like, you also said no Diggs. You forgot one part, Pat. No Stefanski. Like, this offense could potentially open back up to pass again a little bit more. Uh, you have Justin Jefferson, who should be the number two, who is actually better in the slot than outside. And if they force him outside, is what the early talk is, then you have Adam Thielen back in the slot where he just dominated. Oh, uh, even so, he still did fine outside. Uh, but it's going to be him. Like, he's – I have him at 10. Like, your point about bringing Allen Robinson up is a great one because – 
if you told me today I could bet on two who has the highest target share, as much as I raved and ranted about Allen Robinson, I would take the odds on Thielen because he's got so much less competition. Yeah, even Agreed. in 2018, he saw a 25% target share. That was with Diggs. And yeah. he had actually never missed a game before last season. Right. So any durability concerns, maybe uh, once you get one injury, you end up having you know myriad injuries. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's been relatively reliable. Like I think a good comp for him in this range is DJ Moore. Like I would rather have Thielen than DJ Moore. Me too. Uh, and I think that you expect similar things out of them. And we've seen seasons where they like to use Adam Thielen in the red zone. Yeah, like yeah. He's, he's he's under he's been undervalued since he broke out in the league, and he was a, a great wire, uh, waiver wire pickup. I think he had the big breakout game against Detroit Thanksgiving. He's been a beast ever since. He's got terrific hands. He runs great routes. Like there's so much to like about Adam Thielen, and again, he's he's getting disrespected. And he's the number one on a team, unless Jefferson comes in and takes the world by storm. Mm-hmm. That, like Jake said, you could see him pushing like a 30% market share this year. That wouldn't be yeah. out of the realm of possibility, which is just insane. Exactly. It's perception, too. You know, undrafted. We're out of what yeah. was, didn't he go to like the state college or something like went, that? I think, like, yeah, so, I think it was like yeah. Minnesota State. Yeah. 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 So there, so there you go. You know, it's like we've talked about it on the shows already is it's perception with a lot of these guys. It's the Julio perception, it's the Odell Beckham perception. It's just, it's what people stick onto and hold on to the most. And I think it's just people still see Adam Thielen as a quote unquote surprise. He should be considered a top 10 wide receiver with no digs, in my opinion. When we finally do the ranking show, he might be up there. Borderline. Right? We'll see about that. Cortland Sutton's number 17. That's fair. Pick number 47 off the board. Him and Thielen have basically the exact same ADP. Uh, he accounted for a league high 42% of Denver's air yards last season. Although this Denver offense, yeah. a bit different than it was a year ago. You know, yeah. no, Noah Fant's probably going to play a larger role. Judge Judy going to get in on the action. You got Melvin <laughs> Gordon to steal touchdowns out of AJ the back. Hamler. Yeah, they, they, this offense is, it may be the most improved in football. It's unless Drew Locke doesn't improve. And I think Drew, gonna be right. and I think Drew Locke could be fine. Um, you know, he, what do you have? Like a 64 completion rate last year thrown basically just to Sutton. We saw some, we've seen some quarterbacks over the years, like, you know, Wentz take that leap forward in year two. And, um, it's it's possible that Drew Lock can spread the ball around and these guys and the offense can be good, but you know if it's and I think we're this is obvious, but if they didn't draft Judy and they didn't draft Big A and or Big O and they didn't draft um, KJ Hamler, we're talking about Sutton as being sure in the like, Kenny Galladay, yeah, range, but like but in, he's initially not have that talk, target share. No, but true. initially he was going around like wide receiver 10, 11, 12. until the draft till the draft but it's not like he fell all that far he's still wide receiver number 17 that feels maybe his talent is so much higher than everyone else's that he's the one who breaks through but it feels like a lesser amari cooper situation yeah i mean he, mm. jake he was fine with lock too i mean i think his first game yeah, with lock he was had two touchdowns and, and a lot of it's gonna hinge on lock but a lot of it's to what you guys have already mentioned so far now we are kind of talking about the one ball situation because Two options out of the backfield, and I'm including Melvin Gordon in the passing game, but a, yeah. a terrific passing game option, Philip Lindsay. I'm not even – forget O, big O, uh, the tight end. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. He's a rookie. But Fant is still there, who was, in my opinion, the best receiving tight end in last year's draft class and one of the best receiving tight ends of the last five draft classes. And I don't even think he's going to break out to what people think because there's just so many options now with Jerry Judy, who was in tier one for me with wide receivers. And you talked about Hamler there, Chris, who could push Deshaun Hamilton. I was uh, pour one out for him. And you know how much I love him might not even be on the team at this point. Like when we start the season, there's just a lot of options here where Drew Locke needs 
to break out for all these guys to be reliable. And to your point, Pat, you know, Cortland Sutton, I did have him right around fringe wide receiver one after the draft. I said that's a fair spot. I am at 21, but again, to keep hammering this point home, there's less than a point between him and wide receiver 15. I'll probably not be taking Cortland Sutton. Yeah, me neither. Because a few guys behind him. That's the whole thing. Like, once we keep going down, number 18 on the list is DK Metcalf who is going at pick number 49. And we'll throw Lockett. Over Tyler Lockett? Yeah. yeah. Tyler Lockett is number 22, who is going at number 58. I like Metcalf more than I like I, Lockett. And I do too. And then I see this kind of stuff, and then yeah. I'm like, ugh, now Lockett is a little bit of, of a value and a discount. So here are two two things about these two guys. One, one fun stat each. So Tyler Lockett leads all wide receivers in catch rate above expectation since 2018 per next gen. And he has scored on 13% of receptions over that stretch. His previous two seasons, he scored on 3.5%. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people talked about last year that there's natural touchdown regression coming for him. Didn't really happen. No. But is this the pace that he's always going to set? That's tough to say. It, it reminds me of years that in fantasy baseball, Matt Cain's batting average of balls <laughs> in play yeah. was just abnormally low compared to everyone else. And it stayed that way for like seven years. It was just something it turned out he was good at. Maybe Lockett is good at well, this. You know what I would bank on, though? DK Metcalf, 19 end zone targets last year. Three more than anyone else. Most in the league since Kelvin Benjamin years ago. And year two, you have to think that he's a more polished prospect. And, and do you see the completion percentage mm. in his red zone targets? Is It's the worst out of anybody who had double-digit targets. It was like 29%. That's fine. He's also thrown to him. Right. But Kel- it, Kelvin Benjamin in 2014? But that's, part, but that's 20, him. 24 end zone targets. Yeah, so there's some room to grow. With You got Russell Wilson, an accurate quarterback. You got <laughs> Tyler Lockett, who led the league and, and led everybody in, in red zone targets. He's up near 73%. You look at both of them in terms of just targets. I think Lockett right around 110, DK right around 100 but Metcalf only catches half of them I think there's still room to grow for Metcalf um, but I, when I see this I'm a little surprised in the fact that yeah but people are just seeing what we're seeing yeah that, that's all they're doing nah, I'm not seeing the same thing well, well you, you want to go like, you can either side with most accurate Jake or Pat who just has, <laughs> says things forcefully <laughs> no, 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 I certainly look everything I'm not saying none of what you're saying warrants consideration I just for me, like your Matt Kane was a really good situation, but also Matt Kane wasn't playing specifically. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to say the catcher helped, like Buster Posey, Buster Posey's not like, yeah, they're just going to tune out. I just, he's not like a framing pitcher where like that was part of it. My point is, is like he's playing with somebody else, that being Metcalf and Lockett. Like, when do we just say, hey, you know what? Russell Wilson and Lockett have a thing. Like, we have to attribute some connection. And we were talking about chemistry before with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham on the flip side. This is the inverse. This is the, these guys are so great together. This is Gronkowski and Tom Brady. Like, let's give some credit to these guys playing together and well together. And where DK Metcalf can grow, the problem is, like, those red zone targets and all that type of stuff. I don't think that's necessarily going to just snap move all of a sudden he's catching 40 50 percent because the where dk metcalf needs to grow is credit to the seahawks using him how he needs to be used is that straight line runner not too many breaks short over the intermediate field because he's lined up on the one side of the field we knew his inability to cut routes well a lot of that does with the end zone too the reason he didn't catch a lot of them is because they're contested he's such a freak body wise that he wins some of them but similar to let's go back to des bryant and maybe he does that route maybe he catches 10 11 12 13 touchdowns because he starts doing better like des bryant but des bryant never separated well but he was just that good at out muscling and out bodying and winning those contested balls that's where dk metcalf needs to grow not necessarily in the route running 
I'm in on DK Metcalf. Me too. I am as well. I'm in on both of these guys. I think they're fine. I think they can. I'm in on them, just not more than Lockett. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's not it's not much of a difference. I mean, we're only talking about a couple of picks. You you, you choose. Yeah, but then but then you then you have to choose you, which one you, you want. You I make the choice. I think there could be, and, and I mean, call me crazy. I think there could be a higher ceiling with DK Metcalf. Oh uh, no, there is a higher ceiling. Like because of the touchdowns, it's almost <laughs> no. Almost well, it's because of the touchdowns. Like if you end up with the most end zone targets again, and it flips, like you have an exceptional year in contested catch rate, yeah. where you just have some natural luck. All of a sudden, you're looking at someone who could score like. 15 touchdowns. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. And Russell him. started to lean on him towards the end of the season. You saw in the postseason game, he had the, the the huge playoff game there. I mean, with Lockett, I was kind of surprised to see where he finished, Jake. I don't know how the number's handy, but he finished as a, a solid wide receiver, too, 14. despite some inconsistencies. And we're talking maybe not as high level as Tyree Kill, but there were some games. Remember, I think one game he had 14, 15 targets, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he had one, two, three over the next couple games. It's weirdness to his game. It, it was it was hard to predict, so, too. Like, there are some players you can be like, oh, this is like the Cooper thing. Like, oh, he's going up against the top corner. Is he going to be followed? Yeah. And on the road, exactly. don't play him. Yeah. With Lockett, like, it could have been any time, anywhere against anybody, yeah. good or bad. And, and Tyler Lockett's essentially Amari Cooper, to your point, Chris. I don't disagree yeah. with that. Yeah. Next guy, we talked about him briefly with the Julio conversation, but Calvin Ridley is number 19 quarterback, or sorry, wide receiver off the board, pick number 51 right now. Average over 120 air yards per game over his final five. In 2019, every 6.4 air yards resulted for one fantasy point for wide receivers league-wide. That would be very good. If you average that out, he would score more points per game yes. than Julio Jones. But I feel like he's just getting too much hype. He he is getting a lot of hype. I'm I'm fine with him at this price, though. Uh, I think he high I, is high as thirty, low as seventy. Yeah, yeah, thirty is thirty is high. That's that's too high for me. Uh, but uh, you know, ADP fifty wide receiver two. You're gonna go back back if you get him as your wide receiver two. I think uh, I think you'll be laughing. I mean, I I, I see him as an as a guy who. Easily thousand yards, continue to grow with Matt Ryan. We already talked about Julio and the, the amount of times that Matt Ryan throws a football. So I'm I'd, I would have him. I have actually in my own rankings a little bit higher, like um, over Sutton, over AJ Brown. I wouldn't have him over AJ Brown. I think there's no. more catches and more there. Safety. There definitely is. There are more receptions to be had for Calvin Ridley yeah. likely than AJ Brown. Um, mm. But I think that the actual like opportunity and efficiency of the Titans' offense, like let's say Derrick Henry doesn't have repeats his year, and all of a sudden that's not something they can just go lean on twenty four seven. Then maybe all of a sudden it ticks up for AJ Brown a little bit. They yeah, have to lean on him a little bit. It's possible. What do you make of Ridley? Is like nineteen a good spot for him, Jake? Uh, I think that's a fair spot. And to go back to the point from before, um, I have really at twenty four, but you give him a half of a touchdown and he moves up four spots. Cause now we're getting super thin on these differences. And I, I just, I think this is also a Testament. If like, if you want to go running back, running back to start and you don't necessarily get a wide receiver one inside the top 10, you get three from the Suttons, the Lockets, Metcalfs, like all these guys we're talking about right now, you're fine. Like you're golden because one of them is probably going to finish near wide receiver one, if not inside the top 10. I wouldn't go as far as Ridley. My bigger concern is I do have him for more receptions. I have him for 74. That's a leap over the 60, what, three or four he had last year. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Ridley can't do better than where I have him, which would be this ADP and even potentially better than that. I just think that Hayden Hurst is going to absorb a lot of what Amari Hooper did or Amari Hooper, Austin Hooper did. And not because of what Matt Ryan's talking about. It's just that's they're the tight ends used. And Russell Gage mm. is still going to be, whether it's him or Zacchaeus, whoever's the third wide receiver, somebody's going to see some, some of those targets. Matt Ryan's just not going to funnel everything 
to two, like your point from the first show we did, it's not going to be a Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper with Derek Carr, where it's just Ridley and Julio Jones every week. Debatable. I, I agree with Jake. I don't think that's going to be the case. Like it's going to be Julio. Like it's a very distinct pecking order. And I'm curious to see how Hayden Hurst actually and does Gurley and Gurley. Like yeah. it, do they become, they probably don't become a like full running team because no. a Gurley could be washed, yeah. but at the same time, maybe they do utilize him as a pass catcher. And I don't he checked out. Yeah. Well, how many catches? I mean, Freeman <laughs> surprisingly had over 50 catches last year. Did he not? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously had seasons where he's had more than that. I, mean, I want to talk about washed. Yeah, for sure. Did he end up anywhere yet? No, he wants too much no, money. He wants $10 million a year. No. Listen, so do I. That's what I'm asking for, too. <laughs> Me as well. We're going to both end up out of a job. Uh, Keenan Allen is number 21. That's cool. I don't know what to make about Keenan Allen. I, I He could be the biggest steal of drafts. Or, or be like the worst pick of all time. And just be frustrating as hell to own. Can, can, I, have some, can I give you some hot Keenan yes. Allen positive news? I want them. 97 or more catches in all 16 games played in three consecutive seasons. Sammy Watkins was wide receiver number 11 in 2015 in a minimum of 10 games. Thank with you. Tyrod Taylor mm. as his quarterback. Yeah. I think he could do it. I think he could too. And again, he's another guy like he's gone as high as 29, as low as 75. Yeah. There's a huge range on him. He would be someone I'd be very willing to take if he starts dropping. He's not easily not a player I'm going to reach for. No, I still have him at 16, though. I have 91 receptions, 13 fewer than he had last year. So I have him for a downgrade from uh, Tyrod Taylor, but I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I've been referencing a lot is that Sammy Watkins, even before his, like, greatest season like i put i would want to put that in quotes but he was fine with tyrod taylor tyrod taylor is not going to destroy this offense and for everybody out there that thinks that herbert might take over like well you know what he's going to be basically james winston just flinging it all over the place because he's got no de- good decision making so it might actually even be better for keenan allen because he's just gonna be throwing blake Bortles. you're gonna get blake Bortles for the last couple games of the season yeah, I was I was originally thinking that a guy like Mike Williams would be hurt by this, but then I went back and I was looking at those seasons with Tyrod Taylor and like Robert Woods was there and he wasn't doing anything and and it was Sammy Watkins. I mean, there was a like a deep ball connection between them two that that one season. There was some some big time games, but I, I, I'm in agreement here. I think Keenan Allen is not on my radar. He's not a target of mine. But if he's gonna drop to the mid twenties, where I can get him as my wide receiver three, yeah, that's I'm the just thing. gonna lock then, him then in and move then, on. Then it's an acceptable gamble. Philip Rivers was trash last year. He was always throwing. Yeah, always, I would take him over chucking, both Seattle but he guys. was chucking him. I would not take him over DK Metcalf. I would not. I would. No, I would take him over. I, I'll. I would take him over both of them. I would take him over Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton. I would take over DJ Moore. I'm still on Keenan Allen. I'm, I'm apparently going to own a hell of a lot of Keenan. Allen. Yeah, I think I think he will because I mean he he definitely does stand out as one of the the nicest priced wide receivers. Now, is that name value only, or is like Jake said, this is backed up by you know what he's previously done he and with Tyrod, Tyrod not being as. But the whole Tyrod thing I find really interesting because what Tyrod are we actually getting here? Yeah, I know. Like it's been it's been a long some time. time since we've seen like full full go Tyrod. Cor- according to Anthony Lynn, he's better than the 2016 version. <laughs> four years later like thanks lynn yeah yeah it's it's hard to i think it's i think it's gonna be taylor probably all year unless his team is just downright awful and then they just i think they could be good but i do yeah i think if tyrod's good they take care of the football i mean they're still got some pieces on defense they have a lot of weapons on offense still so it's it's tough man i think there's a regression okay i just we're not on the quarterback show yet but let me throw this out there Let's say you can guarantee 16 games from Tyrod Taylor. 
Who scores more fantasy points? T- Tyrod or Tom Brady? Uh, Tom Brady. I, I think Brady. I think Tyrod does. This is the, the nice Don't rush Tyrod be more consistent. The rushing man, the rushing is yeah. as we it's as huge. we saw with Josh Allen last year. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of that was touchdown based. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just uh anything like that, but I think that rushing floor is so valuable. Yeah, it's it's something that you know a lot of people don't really think about. I mean, they, they, Trubisky I think a couple the, years I think ago thinking, was a borderline QB one because of because he was sneaky on the ground and as awful as he was. So t- Taylor, in like in those, su- I know we're talking about him, but in the super flex two quarterback, fire him up. Yeah, absolutely. And then just draft Ebal as your backup, who's probably also going to run. Ebal. My only concern would be, well, yeah, my concern would be how much is he going to run? Like, is he going to run like he did those? Days? So that's where I kind of add to your question, Pat. Like, if is he going to run like the first two seasons of Buffalo? Because yeah, I think he declined a little bit in the third season. But even if you get somewhere in that, maybe in the mix between the two, maybe it's 500 yards and five rushing touchdowns. Then I'm with you. I, my concern is like, is he actually going to run that much at this point of his career? I don't know. Uh, the offensive line is a big question mark for that team has continuously been. So it's certainly later. If you, so I'm going to say, if you told me 16 games of Tyrod and he's running like he used to with the bills, then I think you actually have a good conversation to say more than Tom. Let's, let's just say it's hard to give like a yardage base, but let's say he averages seven rushing attempts per game. Get, mm, okay, he, so that's like thirty yards, thirty yeah, five yards, say, like maybe, maybe. twenty eight. Yeah, and and with Buffalo too, like he he kind of had to run, man. Like yeah. who is he throwing to? Like CJ Spiller to the backfield. He's got some options here on this right, team that where he doesn't like have to use his legs. But maybe we'll say this for the season. A lot of these Chargers, I mean, you're getting at a discount. I mean, Eckler at times towards the end of last season, we're talking about him as a lock of RB five. That's not, I'm that's I'm not more and more as as we discussed on the running back show. I'm more and more out on Eckler the longer we go into this. Yeah. Well, if in but that seems to be the feel for everybody. Like again, six months ago, we're talking about him as a shoe and as an RB one. That's not the case anymore. You don't have to draft him as an RB one. Don't include me in that crap, Keenan Allen. Um, <laughs> Even Mike Williams, like these are guys that will probably regress a little bit, but you're you're getting good value with them. Number twenty, well, or, he, go ahead. I was gonna say, well, don't no, mention the twenty because I actually think I'll be better after you mention who this person is. All right, so uh, I skipped over number twenty, Robert Woods, because we covered him along with Cooper Cup in part one. Twenty-two was Tyler Lockett. Uh, number twenty-three is Devonte Parker. Finally. Pick Finally. number so, 61, Preston Williams could return for week one. I think that sure. there's a down feeling towards Parker. He's a, it's funny because for years, everyone wanted to draft him despite the fact that he did nothing. Yeah. Now he's done something. People are like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like the guy did nothing for years. And he was like, wide receiver number 29. He finally has a great season. He's wide receiver number 23. 23. I know, it's very this, but this no, was, it, It's the Tua this, thing. If Tua ends up playing, I think people have huge reservations about Devontae Parker. Not like right away, like the first five weeks, he'd be great. But if all of a sudden Fitz, Fitz Magic turns into bad Fitz Magic and Tua is like healthy enough to play, what does that mean for Devontae Parker? I'm not that concerned about Tua. I think people are overrating with Tua. I think people forgot what Tua did. There's the tank for Tua just a year ago. Like people, are, <laughs> I, I, it's so funny. But I'm glad you brought up the Devonte Parker. Is like he finally did it, and people are like, uh, like because I was going to say that compares a lot to Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams' yes. at the beginning of career was like, oh my god, his hands are terrible. This guy needs so much work. He finally got better, and then people are like, eh, I still don't know if I like Devonte Adams. That was the second year when they were like hesitating to draft him still. So. I will say that Devontae Parker, for me, checked in at 14 on 70 receptions because with 70 receptions, very similar to A.J. Brown, he's going to do most or more than most with those receptions, fits or to a side. 
And the other point I was saying, Pat, what I wanted to wait for, for you to mention this name is I am at 14. I think the sidebar to this entire conversation of anybody from basically 13, 14, 15 down to 25, right? It's just like who you like, because whether you say DK Metcalf, like you did, whether we haven't even brought up, well, I'm sure we will. Terry McLaurin, I love, yeah. like it's yeah. going to be names you like that you're going to be able to wait and get in rounds five, six, and seven. And it's just going to be who you like, go look at the ADP and figure out where you can wait and potentially get three guys you have inside the top 20. Yeah. Like it, with the way that this is shaking down based on the overall numbers, like Parker picked number 61, DK Metcalf picked number 50, essentially, that when we talked about depth at receiver, that if you just wanted to go running back, running back, tight end, receiver, receiver, or running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, draft Kelsey somewhat highly or something like that, you could theoretically... Running back, running back, Lamar Jackson, wide receiver, wide receiver. However you want to go it. You could could possibly end up with Metcalf, Parker, McLaurin as your one, two, three. Now, that doesn't sound very good. I would love that. Yeah, I would be I would, if I those would, were my three I'm, wide receivers and I went big time at running back yeah, like yeah. that. That's the team. Yeah, absolutely. That's the winning team. Yeah, I, three for three. I'm in on Parker. This it seems like a scared price. And, you know, you brought up Adams, Jake. And when when Pat brought up Parker, it's he's the first guy I thought of. There's a lot of similarities. I mean, Adams that one year had, was right around this range and then he was brutal. And then the following year you got him for free. There was an injury to Jordy and he he took off and we just saw him take off. I mean, the skill set has always been there. If you've watched him play, you're you're like, wow, he had one catch. That catch was unbelievable. Where did he go the rest of the game? Like he, it's, it's not a surprise when you look at last year's numbers. To me, I'm not surprised to see that. He just finally put it together. He's healthy. He can handle top coverage. But look at the range again, and people are scared. 32 to 95. It, it's, it's unbelievable the difference. I'm in on this price. I'm perfectly fine with Parker. And I also like Preston Williams. It's the two guys there. He doubled his career touchdown total last year yeah. with nine and eight of those came from Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He became the fourth different wide receiver to catch eight plus touchdown passes in the season from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitz is starting week one though. We're all in agreement, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. To. Like, I, start. I would think that he probably starts the entire season based on Tua's health. I've, I'm leaning that way. Yeah. I'm leaning. They just sit to a, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? I mean, Miami I mean, was five I, I, and four in the well, last nine games. I also think year. Miami can win the AFC East, so <laughs> I, that's where I'm, I'm at right now. That's what I was kind of saying. Like, They're nine to one to win the division. In the last nine games, of, or I guess it was the nine weeks, they were five and four. Yeah, and they and lost the a game. for four and five. They, they lost a game to the Jets where the Jets kicked like eight field goals. Yeah. And then they carried their kicker off the field like a bunch of losers. You know, they improved the offensive <laughs> line. Um, you know, obviously I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Howard, but the run game is going to be better than what it was last year. Jordan Somewhere Howard. Tim's raging out now. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course he is. I think Jordan Howard might be a great fantasy pick. I, I think him and Breida are both. I'm going to have shares of not on the same team, but I'm going to have every, shares but, of either but one. But everyone's guys. drafting Breida. Like when we get to week one and Jordan Howard has like 22 carries, it's going to be like, oh, great. Here we go again. And he'll probably be the goal line back there. I can <laughs> say that with confidence. You'd probably, probably lean into that one. Here is a fun player. His range of draft right now is as high as 25, as low as 85. I'm out. Why? I'm in. Wide receiver number 24. Pick number 64. You give me Stefan Diggs at pick number 64 and just hope that there's – here's the argument that I – like. Jake brought up an argument earlier about like, oh, if it's a good defense, yeah. why do we only talk about bad defenses? And when we ever talk about good defenses impacting people the other way, sure. there are two quarterbacks right now that we look at and there's opposite cases being made for both of them, which makes no sense. So Sam Darnold, he's so young. Of course, he's going to improve and get better in year three. <laughs> Josh Allen, he sucks. He'll never get better. Although Josh Allen is better. Yes. So if he just improves his deep ball slightly and 
we talked about a lot last season. I think we even talked about it after the trade happened, Jake, that in year two for Josh Allen, they went out and they got him guys who separate very quickly off there the line go. of scrimmage. Yeah. And he was able to... Cole Beasley was a valuable fantasy asset yeah, last year. Was. Not because Cole Beasley's a great receiver, but if you need three yards to get some space to catch the ball for eight yards, he can do that. You know who is like the ultimate version of that? Stefan Diggs! No one basically creates more separation outside of a vintage Antonio Brown than Stefan Diggs does. And all of a sudden, he can, he can still burn with crisp routes yes. if Allen just slightly improves the deep ball. <laughs> this could be a lot of touchdowns. And that's the thing. So what we talked, what you're referencing, when we talked about on that show, it was the Cam Newton track. It was like they went for Cam Newton. They said we got to get him bigger bodies because he's inaccurate. And they mm-hmm. tried the Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funchess nonsense, and they realized, oh, that's not how you help somebody who has struggles with inaccuracy. You get the guys who get open quicker, who can separate, who can even adjust when the target's thrown a little bit off. And it's not just about well, they can catch it because their wingspan's so big. No, you get better ability over the middle of the field. I love this fit. You know how I feel about Josh Allen. You know, his inaccuracy is a major concern, obviously. He's one of the guys, that being Stefan Diggs, who when I do my write-up and I talk about my rankings, is like, yes, I go by projections. He fell just outside the top 30. I would take him much earlier than that because what you're saying is I feel like that outside the top 30 is his absolute floor. Mm -hmm. And I'd be willing to gamble a few spots around earlier on the fact of everything you just said is maybe he turns into Steve Smith's version of Cam Newton with Josh Allen. How many catches do you have? him in buffalo that's the that's the concern it's the, it's the fact that josh allen also doesn't throw for a ton of volume i only have him for 68 catches right now yeah i would go over on that number i don't think buffalo's there's going to be john brown and cole beasley there's a lot of options there, there is but i mean josh allen just made cole beasley and john brown into like decent fantasy assets yeah you don't i mean, think you can brown do that for digs top 20 wide receivers so i look at brown and what he did last year and i see digs and i see higher ceiling and i see he could definitely and how about this buffalo's not gonna be as good as they were last year they're just not they had like the third easiest schedule in the league. The defense played out of its mind. Like, what if they regress a little bit defensively and they have to throw a little bit more? I, I, I'm still a believer that Josh Allen can improve, but that is where I'm struggling a little bit is how many targets are we going to see from, from Diggs in this offense and how consistent can he be with Josh Allen and, and how inexperienced he is? Like, we know he's got a deep ball. We know he can run around and... He's a bad deep ball. He's actually great at throwing intermediate reds. He's actually one of the yeah. best in the league at that, and that's where Vince is going to be most of the time. Where's his touchdown total going to be, too? That's the other question. I think it's going to be high, unless Josh Allen continues. Yeah. Like, you, well, you, here, I got, a, I, got a Vegas, I got a Vegas line for you, obviously, because it's .5, 24.5, over under. You say 24.5 touchdowns? Yeah. Oh, for Al. Oh, I thought you meant digs. I was like, Jesus, under. <laughs> no, that's that's where I'm that's where I'm going with this is that's the Josh Allen concern for Diggs also is the passing touchdowns. Sure, but I think that if it's going to funnel through everyone, if it's not Dawson Knox, it's probably going to be Stefan Diggs. Well, I have five point seven for Diggs and I have five point three for Brown. I actually think they finished pr- pretty close in the touchdown department. Again, yeah, I, I, I think, think I think that, yeah. I think Brown is an absolute wash this year. Like he's gone. Okay, and if that's the case, and this is kind of goes back to like the Cowboys conversation, if we kick somebody completely aside from the three then yes, Stefan Diggs should finish a lot higher, but you're going to need somebody to completely kind of get pushed aside and bomb this year. I think it's just going to be a frustrating wide out to own. I just, I, I don't think so. I, I think uh, just about how people are scared of Devontae Parker. People are scared to death of Diggs. I'm not. 
I think I do think it's a good fit, like a real life football trade. I think you know what what Buffalo said is, looks, yeah, we probably wanna, gave up a bit much. Probably based gave on what up the market a bit much, but what like they said, day. we either draft a wide receiver in the first round or we trade, you know, the first trade round our pick picks and, get and we get digs, and we you know we're we're win now and. He's proved himself, but there's a couple like Charik McLaurin. These are guys that I'd much rather have. We'll get to those guys. The actually, should we call it now? We'll talk about Debo because he's next on this. And then we'll get to the rest of the guys in part three. Twenty fifth overall pick, number sixty four. Let's take a brief pause for me to tell you that we recorded this well before Debo Samuel broke his foot. So he's going to be out at least ten weeks. So the entire section on Debo Samuel has been rendered inert. We will catch up with the entire 49ers receiving core, plus where you should probably draft Debo Samuel now with this information in part three of the wide receiver preview. Back to the regularly scheduled programming. Jimmy's too busy throwing shots at porn stars. Sweet. <laughs> Love to be Jimmy. Sounds like he's paid like 30 million bucks a year, together. living the life, <laughs> yeah. went to the Super Bowl. Did far you not more hear about that like two, four, was four, it two or three years ago? Yeah. Far more handsome than me. Like he's, he's got it going on. <laughs> jealous of jimmy g <laughs> gotta, gotta bring him down the fantasy rankings a bit yeah how many more do we have in part two because we still haven't brought up the best one that, that, i was gonna i was gonna say that's it for part two we'll start no but then let's throw one more in part two because well we're, we're <laughs> we going in we're going in order of the adp well screw the adp no that's the way that we're doing this in order <laughs> you're gonna start strong part three <laughs> who, who is it that you wanted to bring up and we'll tease it for part three freaking terry mclaurin no, he's not even first up next i know god god yeah, high T. No one has generated worse nicknames than Terry McLaurin. Than Terry McLaurin. Uh, people call he him- has one. He has one scary Terry from Rick and Morty, but he refuses to use it. So yeah. that you actually, maybe that's why you downgrade I mean, him. It, listen, if you're an incel and you love uh, Rick and Morty, there you go. You can go do that. Um, if you are <laughs> calling him F1, you're an absolute jabroni. Uh, high T. I hate that one. You need some high T. Or you just call him Scorin McLaurin. I like that That's one. That's a much better name. Like, yeah. what, what are we doing here? Yes. They said, people can have their accurate projections and be good at fantasy. <laughs> you want nicknames, you come to Pat Mayo. <laughs> and we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to high, t- high, like high T, too. You need to have some high T. Have the guts to play and draft Terry McLaurin, although it does seem like everyone kind of likes him this year. I, I'm actually shocked by his ADP where it is right now. I, I like him a little bit more, yeah. So Chris Maney. Oh, it'll be top 20 by August. For sure. Chris Maney. You can follow him on Twitter. At Chris Meaney. You can follow Jake on Twitter at All In Kid. Check him out on The Athletic as well. You can follow me on the Twitter box at The PME. Same as Instagram, same as Facebook. Smash the like button for the episode. Tell me which of these guys that we just talked about in this episode that you think have the ability to finish as a top 10, potentially top five receiver in 2020 fantasy football drafts. Also, subscribe to the audio podcast for The Pat Mayo Experience. Leave a five-star review. Help me out. It takes like 20 seconds. You don't even need to leave the review. Just go rate it five stars on your fucking phone. It takes like two seconds. Please, just please go do that. I'm sorry for swearing at you. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. Part three coming soon. I'll see you next time. Mayo Experience! Experience!